about like 45 minutes. The longest I've done was like an hour and 45. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah. Alright. That looks like a bit crooked. <clears throat> Man, we have props for doing this shit, dude. The podcast stuff's taking off. Yeah. Alright. Let's get a clap slate. Boom. Alright, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, Willie Golden, um, I know you do a lot of shows as well as your do you I saw you produce that <clears throat> newest track that you sent to me. You actually produced that, right? Yeah. So what do you call yourself? Like if people ask what you do? Um, well I'm a producer first. And then uh, I'm a rapper too, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know I got I got dreams of being a model someday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but no, I throw shows. Uh, I'll be I'll rent like a venue, and then I'll get sponsors to give me some money, <clears throat> or try. And then, but mainly I get the money from the artists. Uh, the artists who are up and coming will pay for slots. For sure. And then I'll take that money and spend it to get a headliner. And then the goal is to uh, sell a lot of tickets. And then sell merchandise there too, and just really just get my name out, get the city popping. Like I want to get Austin on the map for rap. Yeah, I know Austin. Austin isn't really. I know it's uh the live music capital and all, but yeah. like it doesn't really have a huge rap scene that's known about. But yeah. you did that big show. You had a you did that riff rap show, didn't you? Yeah, no. Uh, Two Stones did that one. Okay, but well, you, you work with Two Stones. I like, always see yeah. you two together. Yeah, he's the man, dude. I learned a lot from him. But uh, he to- he toured on with riff rap and like. Uh, what I saw him do at the Riff Raff store or Riff Raff show, mm-hmm. like uh, charging for the tour van rides to go to the strip club after the meet and greets, like he took it to a whole new level. Uh, artists who paid to perform had uh, them plus one, so like you had to, uh, your photographers, all that, your friends, they had to buy tickets. Damn. Yeah, so like <clears throat> I'm gonna take the uh, the two stones fucking layout and take it to Swisher Fest and Hustle Life Fest for South by okay. and just make it a big uh, money making machine. That's dope. So are you part of a collective? Like, are you? Because I saw on your SoundCloud uh-huh. it said like your rap collective, or or like a group or a record label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my own record label. It's called Globe Threat. Okay. Globethreat.com is my website. And so like anytime you hear me rapping, like I wrote the beat. And I produced it, so that means like we recorded it at my house. Okay. And like each of my guys who are on Globe Threat, like there's five of us. <clears throat> um, like they'll go in the booth, like we'll work on the song, uh, like design it, like where the verses are gonna be, and then they'll go in there and record. And we'll kind of if, if there's more than me, it's usually just me. They record one at a time, but I'll tell them like, you know that that you know let's add a backtrack or let's that wasn't good or they'll or they'll sometimes they'll be like, no, it's good, I like it. And I'm like, all right, cool, you know, let me see your style come out. Okay. You know, so that's what I do in the studio. For sure, so you got a home studio. Yeah. Nice, okay, that's good, keeping it all in-house. Yeah. And then, so what's like, what's your goal, man? Where are you trying to take this to? Are you trying to main, because, I mean, obviously, shows make a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Shows make, would you say you make most of your money off of shows? I do now. Okay. Because I ain't shit, dude. Like, for real, like, my YouTube, like, I just got 2,000 views on my last video in like a day and I was like oh my god dude that's like the most ever yeah but like there there's no money in that I got like 900 subscribers now you got to get to a thousand but on top of that you got to get like fucking 40,000 hours of watch time and I just post a music video every month so like I need really every month yeah damn that's a good hustle 
Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not posting like uh, like sermons. Like I listen to Joel Olstein and Stephen Furtick mm-hmm. and TD Jakes, and they're dropping sermons twice a week, and those sermons are 45 minutes. So like those guys are making big YouTube money because it's all about the hours watched. Yeah. So I just have like a four minute song. And the average person watches it for a minute, 45 seconds. Yeah. So, like, I got to figure that out. But, no, I want to make a hit, dude. My goal is to make a hit song like Quinn did from from Quinn NFM. He made that Talking My Shit. Mm-hmm. It's got, like, 2 million. It might even have 20 million on YouTube. But now he gets, like, three grand a show here in Austin. So, my goal is to get a hit like that. And then instead of charging, mm-hmm. you know, collect all that, that ticket sales on mine. Like, I'll rent the venue, throw the show myself and get all that money. But then once I get a hit, I'm gonna follow it up with another hit, dude. Like all these guys who get a hit, they follow it up with some weak shit and they ride that wave of that one hit for like two, three, four, five years. And like you look at the Migos even, Bad and Bougie, number one hit. After that, they haven't had any number one. And that was 2016, it's 2020 now, and they're still way up here. And it's really just off that one hit. So I'm trying to get that one hit and then get another number one hit and then another, and I'm gonna be so good, dude, because people haven't, I haven't even, I haven't even shown, like, I'm about, I just got Ableton, like, people haven't even seen or heard, like, my potential yet. So I'm really trying to get, like, three number ones, and then you'll be, a, you know, a legend, then you can get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and shit. There you go, that's a good yeah. plan. So, <laughs> how long have you been making music? Man, I was, uh, I was like a little prodigy when I was, like, uh, eight, nine, ten, uh, back, uh, Rolling keyboards were the shit, and then my piano teacher taught me how to sequence. You know, to put like okay. the strings, the bass on there. So that was like '97, '98, and I was making Dr. Dre beats and shit. And then in high school, I was really big. I produced like three groups. I, I'm from McCallum High School. Okay. And like they're, they're it's like the number one school for rock bands and shit. And I was at that era where it would change to rap. I was like the first year where the groups, the older classes were all rock bands. And I had a rock band too in, in freshman year, sophomore, but junior year I switched to rap and I started producing like the O2 click from Eastside, just three fucking hard, hard black dudes. Mm-hmm. They were the fucking shit at my school. Like we sold demos. Then I had the golden boys. They were younger than me. And then I dropped my solo. I was called Will Golden back then. Uh, and my record label was Golden House Records. But then, uh, then I got into, uh, had drug addiction and shit after high school you know that whole music scene just took me over yeah and uh and so now i'm back uh, in recovery and shit and changed it to globe threat got globethreat.com and now we're coming hard dude because all that time i wasted in drug addiction like now it's i'm coming hard so like i'm about to do some shit yeah get it bro yeah so what what would you say really made you want to change from like the rock to the rap did you like rock more? Did you like rock? Oh yeah, more? I love rock, dude. Someday I'm gonna fucking like I liked Weezer and fucking Third Eye Blind. Like Stephen Jenkins was my fucking okay, front yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? I'm older than a lot of people. They don't know that. But uh, how old are you? I'm 34. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, Stephen Jenkins was the shit. But yeah, dude, I'm gonna drop some rock music too. Like the the, the world ain't ready, dude. The world ain't ready. Like I'm gonna do these these hit rap songs, and mm-hmm. then I'm gonna take over to whatever the fuck I want to produce and shit. Cause I can do literally every kind of music. Like I even respect the country dudes, dude. Like I just respect uh, legends in general or someone who's hot, like a superstar, any any uh, genre. You know, like uh, just when you see that they're a star. Like if you're at the Austin Rodeo, you see Toby Keith or Garth Brooks in there. You're like, damn, you know these guys are fucking legends. It takes hustle though, like to yeah. get to get on. I find mm-hmm. it interesting, like, are you on are you on Spotify and all that, or do you? Yeah. Okay, good. So 
I feel a lot of people that I've met, especially in LA, who get a fuckload of views and stuff, uh-huh. they don't really know how they did it. Like, I like I I don't believe in there's like a secret, but there's like there's hustles. Like, oh, if you don't know that you have to work with playlists to get like a lot of streams on Spotify, you wouldn't know. And I ask these people, and they really they don't even know. They just kind of got lucky. Nice. But I feel like people don't, you don't become fucking the number one in the business off luck, you know? Like, you yeah. really got to hustle. But Yeah, I respect Johnny. He's got that Spotify game going on. And Johnny's bump. Or yeah. Yeah, yeah. Johnny and I'm going to get to that. Like, I'm going to get to my Spotify, but just I'm coming in with my own shit right now, which is social media. And because I'm trying to take over the Austin music scene and that Spotify shit's all cool, but that's on a global status, mm-hmm. you know, all that. Like I'm trying to get hot right here and I feel like I've got I've got my followers, I've got my friends on Facebook, and uh, if I can't draw them to my show, like it's just like sales, like I've got some leads, I've got some followers there, some friends here. Mm-hmm. If I can't sell them to come to my show and make them hot, then I can't do it on a bigger level. So I'm just trying to take what I got now and do it right here. But I got a dude who who said I can pay him and shit, and he'll take my Spotify off. So I'm just waiting to get to that. But I know I got to talk to Johnny about it and like see if uh, it's legit. Yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely double check if that's legit. Cause a lot of <laughs> like, oh yeah, bro, just pay me, I'll make you famous. And you're like, well, yeah. what, how? Like, don't worry about it. But I actually I like that incentive. That uh, mm-hmm. I like that view you kind of have where you're not you're not kind of bullshitting yourself where you're like oh yeah i'm gonna just pop on the whole globe you're like now nah, let's get austin hot because if i can't do a show in austin how the fuck am i gonna do a show in seattle when yeah. i live in austin you yeah know? so you're born and raised austin yeah that's nice have you ever wanted to move anywhere else yeah i went to college in san diego oh, i wanted sure. to go to california and shit uh, i love it out there why didn't you I did. But like, why did you school? Oh, because once I got out there, like, it was cool and shit, but uh, I missed Austin, dude, because I knew so many people here. I wanted a girlfriend, and and everybody was partying here. I wanted to come back. But I uh, I was out there. I did it. I got some big influence. I got some big, uh, not big, but I got some cool dudes out there, like, uh, there's this one dude named Anthony Mendez. He's just just a baller on the scene out there. Uh, You go to any club in in San Diego, he's the man. For sure. So, uh, what got you into throwing shows? Um, man, the first one I, I threw wasn't that little. Dude, oh, it was probably just because uh, I, I fucking came onto the scene, dude. Like, I just came on the scene two years ago, and uh, I wanted to perform. And uh, so I went to all the clubs. Like, I did the old rock and roll thing that I knew. Uh, I went to all these clubs on 6th Street, and uh, it was like, Hey, can I? Here's here's my demo. You know, who do I talk to about booking? And they're like, Oh, we're booked out for three months, or oh, I'll listen to your demo. And like at the time, I was like, This demo's kind of trash, bro. I was like, <laughs> Not gonna lie, not gonna lie, this demo's trash. <laughs> and so like, we I can't really get a show. They're all rock venues. And so fucking then Screwfest comes to town, and Screwfest is like Houston's fucking DJ Screw, okay. uh, and they do Dallas, San Antonio, uh, Austin, Houston. And uh, little Kiki, Big Pokey, ESG, um, fucking Paul Wall, like all these Houston dudes are coming to town. And this girl at my work said, "Hey, you should you should perform there." And I was like, "Okay, yeah." She's like, "It costs money." I looked it up. It was like two hundred. That's it. 
to perform. No, oh, hold on. Yeah, yeah. No, it's two hundred for five minutes. Oh. But but I was like, all right, fuck it. I had a credit card. I was like, we're doing that. And then I had my friend make a flyer so it looked like we were headlining that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and uh, we went and we and but when I got like a week before, like mm-hmm. it was so sketchy, dude. I'm used to the business world and the music shit. Like I pay two hundred on the Eventbrite site. And then it's like, who do I contact, blah, blah, blah. And they sent me some fucking random email. And I emailed him, and, like, he finally came back, and I got his Insta. And, like, I never talked to him on the phone, so it was just sketchy the whole time. And then and then I had to cash app him. He was like, I need 300 more dollars. It's a total of 500 for five minutes. And so, like, uh, I cash app him. And I'm like, and, and I got my friends coming. Uh, you know, my whole globe threat click, we're, like, four deep. We're going to Screwfest, and I'm thinking to myself, man. I hope I hope we're even on this list to perform, dude. I hope I hope yeah. they're like, who the fuck are y'all, dude? So it's just sketchy. So that's why I run my shows more professional now. Did you end up performing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we got there, dude, and the dude was like, "Uh, do you have your songs on a USB?" And I was like, "Man, y'all said to email this shit, dude." So no, I didn't have it on a USB. The DJ's playing, the show's going, and up there up front, and he doesn't have Wi-Fi. So I throw my hotspot off my iPhone. I email him, but there's so many people in that venue all using the cell tower or whatever, the ceilings fucking rock or whatever. This reception was really bad, and I couldn't get the email to send. And I went outside, was disconnected him from the Wi-Fi, came back in, and it's still saying sending. But when I came back, he's like, I got it. I was like, what? You got it, dude? So, uh, so he fucking played our, our one song, dude. It's Globe Threat Records from the South. Uh, that was our first song. You can uh, see that on YouTube, Globe Threat Records. But uh, we played that bitch, dude, and I was shocked because when I went back out to the crowd, like, so many people were like, man, y'all are tight. Man, that shit was fire. And so uh, the next year came Screwfest again. We paid, I paid, I paid for everything. Like, I'm, I'm fucking the, the CEO of Globe Threat. So, like, I paid the 500 again the next year for five minutes, and I was like, this time we're fucking throwing two songs in that bitch. You know, in that five-minute set. So, like, we cut, like, an ending off the second song and one rapper out who was in jail, Thug Merck's in jail. Uh, so we cut him out and we were able to do two songs this time. And, uh, and so like after having to pay to perform all the time, that's when I realized like, I could throw my own shows. And I saw Devonte Robinson with family and loyalty, uh, throw that Quinn show, dude. He brought Quinn here mm-hmm. October 30th. Uh, it was like 300 people in there. Damn. Yeah. He can, he had like fucking, he had like probably 25 artists pay. He made like seven grand on that show. Fuck. And he paid, he said he paid Quinn three grand, but I feel like he paid Quinn a thousand, bro, and Ron, and Ron, or whatever. I don't know. That's rough. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, with paying, that's a lot. That's a lot of fucking money. But at the time. a hundred bucks a minute. What? Five hundred for a five minute set? That's a hundred dollars a minute. But that's where, that's where it's worth it, though. Like, I mean, yeah, I if you got a big ass crowd, fuck Big yeah. ass crowd, dude, come and take it live, sold out. You know, come and take it live. I don't know how many people that is, if that's a thousand or something, but it's probably around a thousand. What's funny is I grew up watching the Third Eye Blind and shit doing 15,000 people. That's fucking insane. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't even know what that looks like because now I'm like 600 looks like a ton. Dude, you don't realize how many people, like, if you get 500 people in a room, that's a lot of fucking people. Like, yeah, yeah when you say it, you're like, okay, 500, whatever, but... Look at 500 people in a room. You're like, this bitch is packed. You need a big fucking room to fit 500 people. Yeah. But, damn. I uh, You ever seen, like, Travis Scott perform? Mm-mm. 
he dude Travis Scott's a clone, bro. I don't even believe he's a real person, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I I watched one of his shows at uh, Coachella, and what nice. he was doing was he wasn't even doing the songs. He would just play like the pre-chorus and the drop, like for goosebumps. He would just like that's how Paul Wall and Slim Thug do it too. They just drop their their favorite parts of the song and they just run through. Yeah, and it keeps the yeah. crowd hype yeah. the whole time. I feel like if you have a five minute set, that's almost the best move. Is be like, yeah. all right, just play Three the parts songs that. Three in that hoe, or even yeah, four, dude. Just the parts that slap. Just play the parts that slap yeah. on repeat. No one wants to hear the intro and the outro. Just hook. And then leave like eight or ten seconds in between to yeah. say some shit. Yeah. Like, that's what I'd be telling these dudes at Swisher Fest. Like, uh, they'll be buying, like, a, a three-minute or five-minute slot. Mm -hmm. And, like, oh, that's, like, one song. And I'm like, no, cut it up, dude. Dude, like, cut, put your favorite song in there. And, like, none of them have had that idea. So, like, I feel like I'm helping them. Like, I try to help them and shit. That's good. Yeah. How, uh, like, how old's the crew you kind of run with? Like, are they kind of around your age? Or are they younger? Man, all my friends are, like, 21, dude. Okay. All my friends are, like, 21. All, all, all those girls are, like, 21 to 27. Um. But now nah, the Globe Threat crew is fucking, they're all, dude, like, I was thinking about driving over here, like, we're all influenced from, like, that Texas rap, that the Swisher House shit from, like, 2000, that SPM, UGK, Pimp C, Paul Wall, Slim Thug, Chameleonaire, Zero, Trey, uh, DJ Screw, Lil Kiki, Big Pokey, uh, SUC, uh, Michael Watts, like, that's all what influenced us from, like, 2000 to Pimp C dying in 2007, and so, uh, that's what influenced us, but now here we are, 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, got the new software and shit, about to drop the new beats. We're all influenced with the new shit, too. Like Young Dolph and Key Glock, like that, that Tennessee shit's popping right now. The Baby. Um, so the that, Baby's huge, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't think of the last time someone was as big as him. Like, he's just come out with, like, back to back to back songs. Yeah, his producer is fucking uh, amazing. Because yeah. nobody sounds like his beats. No one sounds like his beats, and, like, his flow, he's just always in pocket. Like, always. Yeah. He's well, you know how he raps, too. It's like how, how I do, too, and how we're learning is uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be freestyling or have something written, mm -hmm. and then uh, once he falls off, he'll stop it from there, listen to what's going, and then come in at what's there, and he just kind of builds it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the whole thing is fire. It's not like he memorized it and read it. Because when you memorize shit, dude... It sounds you, weird. Yeah, you can sound better coming in over yourself as you're finishing. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That memorizing the whole fucking 16 bars is old school shit. Fuck that. Dude, even like... I try... I don't like reading off my notes while I'm spitting. Like, it, it just makes it sound like... Kind of motionless. Uh -huh. Like, I like to have, like, even if I write something, I'll kind of, when I'm going, ad-lib on top of it and, like, switch it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just to, I don't know. I just, I don't know if that's just personal preference. That's cool. Yeah. But. I also do backtracks, too. If you listen to my shit, I got, like, four or three of me saying oh. the same shit in the same key. Like, I'm basically singing on my shit. A lot of people don't know, but if you actually listen, like, I'm singing on there. Okay. Yeah. So you like layer all your stuff? Layer, yeah, exactly the same, and it makes a fucking hard sound like I sound hard. And then do you throw like ad libs in it? No, nah, not usually. Maybe you know, like one or two. Sound? Yeah, that's more of that new shit. Like if, I'm from uh, Swisher House era, where it was just <laughs> fucking one tracker. They double track their their flow, so ad libs weren't invented yet. Okay. So like I'm not one of those dudes to do those sounds and shit. 
But I mean, I will. I'm just haven't progressed to that level yet, I guess. So. <laughs> and then, so like, where do you want to be in, let's say, five years? Like, are you trying to be throwing huge fucking like festival yeah, shows? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, dude. I got five one two Gold Fest. I started. Okay. It's gonna it's for five one two, so it's gonna be May twelfth. You know what I'm saying? Five okay. twelve. Yeah. And uh, I got a dude at the convention center who follows me on Instagram. He's like, hey, hit me up. Or no, it's the Palmer Event Center. He's like, hit me up if you if you need a venue and shit. So like, you sound like it's gonna be free, dude. I hope you ain't talking like three or ten grand for that bitch. Like my goal is to make money off the Swisher Fest and the Hustle Life Fest, uh, March twentieth and March thirtieth, or March twentieth and March twenty first, and then take that money, and uh, and then sell a ton of slots, dude. And my goal is to bring in like twenty one Savage mm-hmm. or someone big for the first five one two fest, and then have it at a badass festival, dude. And then just make a, a you know yearly fucking global hip hop in Austin for five one two fest or five one two gold fest. I got even got the website too. I went to goldfest.com. So my goal is to make that like as big as South by or ACL. For sure. Yeah. That's sick. So yeah, in five years, dude, I'm trying to retire from this rap shit. Really? Yeah, but I don't know. I might still do some, some music here and there. Dang. Yeah. So where are you mainly like, I find that crazy. <laughs> five years? You want to be out in five years? Bro, if you drop those three number ones like I wanted, that's enough money. Like, not not done with music, but then I, I can just, like, model and shit. Like, have, like, Polo pay me just to wear their shit when I, when I post or when I do these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, have some cool, uh, you know, Jaguar or something and ride with, and then pay me to, to wear their shit since I'm a, a national icon. That's my goal, dude. It's a move. Yeah. Definitely a move. And then... So, with the music itself, like, are you trying to sell beats? Because I know you said you produce. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time to sell beats, dude. Man, I'm sorry if I sound crazy, but I just, this is what I grew up seeing. Like, I saw Timberland sell beats to Britney Spears for a million dollars a beat. I saw Pharrell sell beats for, like, 350K. So, like, that's what level I'm trying to go to. Like, after I drop a couple hits, I'm going to sell my beats then for, like, that big money, dude. $1.5 million on that bitch ass, dude. That's really what my goal is. But, and it's just, like, one one or two a year to some major artists, like The Baby or someone wants to get on it produced by Willie Golden. That's the true level I'm trying to get on. But right now, no, I'm not trying to sell my beats, dude. Fuck $50, $200. Like, I, I pay 500 to perform at Screwfest. Like, what the fuck am I going to do with $50? So, like, for me, it takes me too much time to write a beat to be able to sell it or lease it. Yeah. Any of that bullshit. So, like, I'm just using it for our shit. I make super hard beats. No one else is on that beat except for us. You know what I'm saying? So, when you hear our shit, no one else has that beat. So, that's how I'm trying to build some value to my beats. Plus, well, seems like you uh, got a good game plan. Yeah. And was there anything you wanted to say? No, man. Oh, I just respect your hustle, dude. You coming down here from uh, from L.A. and shit to move to Austin to perform, for, uh, pursue music. I think that's a great story, man. That's fucking badass. Yeah, I've been all over the place. Um, fuck, I was about to ask you something. Oh, yeah, like image-wise. So did you kind of sit down with yourself and, like, come up with an artist image that you wanted to pursue or, like, run me through that? Uh, dude, I just I grew up liking Pimp C. Pimp C's the greatest rapper of all time. Uh, and so, like, I was just ingrained with that. Paul Wall... Uh, Mike Jones, I know people hate on Mike Jones, but he was fucking the shit when he came out. Like, charging $2,500 a show, he was 22. Similar to, like, Quinn, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, he dropped more hits than Quinn, and he got a major, major deal. Uh, so he's on a whole nother stratosphere. 
Sure. Man, I hate to hate on Quinn, dude. I'm just hating because he's flossing, bro. My bad. Quinn's the shit here, dude. That's just hating because he's better than me, bro. My bad. Uh, it's all good. At least you're yeah. humble about it. Yeah, he's he's the shit, bro. He he just did a song with uh, the NLE Chopper. You know oh, yeah. what I'm saying? He's doing his thing, dude. That dude's the shit. Um, but uh, the image thing, yeah, dude. So I'm just trying to get a bunch of fine ass girls, dude. Because like, there's other white boys out here doing their shit. But, like, I'm doing it with some fucking badass IG models. So, like, I respect that. Do you find the fact that you're white as an advantage or a disadvantage? It's a disadvantage. You think? For rap, yeah. I feel when... Because, like, when you look at white rappers, they're usually more... I guess I would say, like, dark or lyrical. Or, like, they're supposed to do that fast rap. Mm. Like uh, Logic, he asked, he raps fast. I can rap fast too. You listen to my last night on SoundCloud. Yeah, that bitch, dude. Yeah, you were spinning fast. I'm, I'm not saying that you're not. Yeah. I'm just saying like. But I'm talking about ripping grain and twenty twos and shit. Yeah, I'm just saying as like a white rapper, I feel it's rare to see a white rapper just like ride the beat. He's like Eminem spits fast. NF, uh, do you know who NF is? Uh-uh. He's like he's kind of new. He's literally he seems like. A dark Eminem, like he he talks about all that dark shit. He spits fast. Logic spits fast. Uh, Watsky spits fast. I don't really know any white rapper that kind of. I mean, I guess G Easy, G Easy, but he's more. G Easy's image is baller, bro. Dude, we should have talked about that dude. That dude's a shit. When I drop a song with G Easy, it's over, dude. That shit pissed me off because I love the '60s uh-huh. and like that was my image. Like I had like long slicked back hair, leather yeah, jacket, white pants yeah. on, bro, dude. I was rocking all yeah. this shit. Like, this was my image. I was, like, yeah. 60s. All my shit was black and white. I got music videos and, like, a uh, 69 convertible Mustang. Uh-huh. And then g Easy pops. And I'm like, well, that's my image. So That's uh, cool, man. Yeah, that means you're on the right track. But now I got to fucking rebrand. Otherwise, I'm just another g Easy. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, if some other white dude pops like me with a bunch of hoes and shit, I'm going to be like, props. But, bitch, I'm coming, too, with different hoes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you can keep coming, just come with your own cars. Fuck G-Easy's cars, bitch. I'm about to drop a 97 Seville on 22s. There you go. I don't know about that. I want a 65. I want a 65 fastback. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> nice. We're all about four doors here. Oh, shit. My bad. My bad. That's actually the reminder to do this interview. So <laughs> we're right on track. <laughs> um, I man. I mean... I pretty much asked everything. No, I we, yeah, so let anything? me tell you about the lyrics and shit. Go for it. So, like, yeah, I never <laughs> I never claimed to be lyrical. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I did that in a song. I said, I, but I, I all I claimed is to pop trunk and drop screens at, at Congress at the Capitol. That's how I rhymed it with lyrical. But, like, that's for real. Like, down here, like, I don't care what y'all have to say, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's really about, like... What what kind of cars are you pimping? Like, do you have a Seville, a Cadillac? Is it on 22s? Do you have candy paint? Uh, do, do you have fucking uh, subs in the back? Like, at least 215s. Do you have 418s in the Escalade? Um, and then the girls you have, like, what are their names? How many followers do they have? Like, we're just all about... We're all about just pulling up VIP, dude, and uh, and getting valet parked and shit and hopping out of the car with fucking hydroponic smoke coming out the fucking windows. Like, that's all we're talking about down here, because that's what we think's cool. Mm-hmm. That's the South for you. Are you considered Austin the South? 
Yeah, Texas. Well, yeah, I know Texas, but like Austin's almost a different vibe. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you you didn't grow up like in Austin? Yeah, kind of like outside Austin. No, nah, motherfucking Crestview seven eight seven five seven and seven eight seven five eight the north side. Okay. I'm not super familiar with Austin. Yeah. I'm like, I've only been there's here like a north six and months. a south, like a bunch of dudes in Gloatbetter from the four five, the south side. And we got some dudes from the east side, seven eight seven zero two, seven eight seven two one, uh, and then I'm the north side. But uh, you know, there's a lot of Mexican rappers here from five eight. Okay, mm-hmm. I feel. Well, I mean, I like your insight. I appreciate the little peek into the life of fucking Willie Golden, bro. Where, where did you come up with the name Willie Golden? Uh. I don't know, dude, because Platinum was hot at the time, and I wanted to be different. Okay. And so it was Will Golden, like I said. Okay. And, and I talked to some young dudes I respect, and they were like, nah, you got to go with Willie. Then I was named after Willie Nelson, too. Oh, okay. You know? So, yeah, super so awesome. Was Willie Golden. Super yeah. awesome. Yeah, I really was named after Willie Nelson, dude. That's my dad's favorite artist, and he knows him and shit. Yeah. I met your dad. Yeah, your dad's, your dad's yeah. really super He funny. looks like Willie Nelson. He does. <laughs> as long as he is. Your dad's chill as fuck. But all right, bro. I appreciate yeah. it. All right. Okay, oh, yeah. So you're gonna edit that and shit, bro? Yeah. So bro, that's gonna be a hit, yo. If I actually have a hit song, that's gonna be legit, dude. 